How many were encouraged by those young people? <laughs> you know, if a move of God ends with our generation, we failed. That's what I hear and that's what I sense when I see these guys doing what they're doing. And um, they've somewhat preached my message, at least some of my quotes, but that's okay. <clears throat> Let's pray together. Father, we come here today to hear your word in many different ways. We've sensed your presence in the songs. We've just heard testimony of how you've touched young people, our young people. And we have the Word of God in the world to each one of us. We recognize that there are some places in the world where they have no Word of God. May we be students of your word. Not just let it sit on the shelf, but rather let us read it and look into it and let it change us into your image. I pray that you would speak to each individual in the room and on the internet. Today, may we be changed and become more like you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love to watch people, in case you haven't noticed. I know. Some people think it's weird or whatever, but it's interesting to me to observe people and to study them. I can pretty much look at a person just sitting or walking, and I can tell you what personality they have. My wife and I will sit in an airport, and we'll just watch people go by, and we'll say, well, that person is, you know, very organized, let's say. Now, that person is nervous or worried. That person doesn't care. Y'all know what I'm talking about because I can hear you. Some people, you know, you can tell. They make messes and they never clean up after themselves. Then there's the sophisticated person. You can tell just by the way that they walk. You say, are you judging them? No. No, I'm not judging them at all. I can tell that that's the way that they are. There's some that are very reserved, and then there's some that are very loud. I know, and all of you that are laughing are thinking about people that way. There are happy people, and then there's rude people. There's bubbly and upbeat people. You know, when they come in the room, the whole room lights up. It's like somebody grabbed the switches and turned them all on. We all know that God has a plan and a purpose for every person. 
But sometimes we see that about other people, but we don't recognize that it does apply to us because he has a plan and a purpose for me too. But regardless of our personality, God gives us the power to overcome every trial and every situation. You heard from these young people different situations that they were wrestling with or things of their past. You can overcome. You can overcome. In fact, you're designed to overcome because of God, not because of you. God has a plan that will keep his people firm in the face of earth-shaking circumstances. We're not to get rattled. We're not to get defeated. Let me prove it to you. 1 Corinthians 10.13 No trial or no temptation have you experienced which is unusual for human beings. God, who is faithful, keeps his promises and will not allow you to be tested beyond your strength to resist. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you'll be able to bear it and endure it. God never said that we wouldn't have problems. Say, well, I thought if I just got saved, all my issues would go away. Nope. No. But he gives you the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you to help you overcome. Now, I know I said in the power of the Holy Spirit, but you've heard me say that we don't have different anointings for different things We have one anointing, the Holy Spirit, and He covers it all. He gives you whatever you do need. And I love the story of Joseph, and we're going to look at that today. Joseph's personality was one that he got back up. Whenever he was knocked down, he got back up. Not saying that he got up right away, but his goal in life, his personality, caused him, encouraged him to look at things in such a way that he could get back up. I believe that it was because of his perspective. And maybe today you're going to hear something and maybe you need your perspective changed. Instead of Everything on top of you. Maybe it's time for you to get up on top of those things. Maybe, young people, instead of those things controlling you, maybe it's time to get rid of them, like we heard this morning. Joseph had many obstacles come at him, but he kept overcoming. And hard challenges. Let me read this for you. This was towards the end in his life. But listen to this perspective. You meant to hurt me, 
to harm me, to send evil against me, but God turned your evil into good to save the lives of many people. Perspective. We thank God that He turns evil into good, but today I want to talk to you about dealing with the hardships, with people coming at you. We heard that this morning. With the devil trying to stop you, with sickness, with broken relationships, with being falsely accused. Joseph had to face jealousy and envy. As a boy, he had dreams. We know the story. Let me just refresh it for you. And he told his dreams to his brothers, and they hated him. His own family hated him because of jealousy and being envious. And Genesis 37, 4, But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the brothers, here it is, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. As a side note, in growing up, people accused me of thinking that I was perfect. And maybe even today, maybe some in the room, let me just clarify your perspective for you. I know that I'm not perfect. I'll be the first to tell you. But I'm going to try to be perfect. I'm going to try. I have something inside of me that makes me want to do things the right way, the fastest way, the easiest way, and with excellence. I believe that there's a right way to mow your yard. (laughs) Now, the yard will get mowed... And you can go around and around and around and come closer in and closer in and closer in, if you want to. Or you can have some fun with it and make designs on your yard. See? You can make all the lines go this way. And the next week, so you don't get ruts in your yard, you can make all the lines go this way. Diagonal. Straight, crisscross, back and forth. People make fun of me because I like to detail cars. Mick brought Africa, so let me illustrate it. Before my mom and dad would go on a trip, I would detail the car. Now keep in mind, we lived 12 miles outside of town in a village, and it was a dirt road. So I would detail the car before we would load up. And detailing the car meant everything outside got washed, all the door jams got washed, the floor mats came out, the plug in the floorboard would be pushed through, and I would get a hose and rinse out the dust and let it go out the bottom. And about three and a half seconds into our trip, the car was dirty. But at least we started with it clean. Have you faced jealousy or 
envy in your life? Think back. It's part of your process. It's part of your walk with God and growing in the things of God. Joseph was experienced abuse in Genesis 37, 24. And they took him and they threw him in a pit. His family, not, not some stranger, not some robber, but his family. Joseph was rejected. Psalms 105.17, and his brothers sold him into slavery. They didn't want him. Have you experienced rejection? I believe, just as a side note, and people can debate me if they want, that's okay, but I believe that divorce is worth, worse than the death of a spouse who loved you. Why? Because it's rejection. Very painful. Rejection is very painful. When your spouse passes away, they loved you. At least you knew that they loved you. But when people reject you, they don't want to be with you. They don't want to be around you. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to do life with you. It's tough. Tough. Joseph's brothers lied about him. The brothers told his father that a wild animal had killed him. Have you been lied about? Part of your process. How you react or respond. We heard one young person up here talk about friends and what they think and all of that kind of stuff. And we all know people lie. People lie about you. They lie about me. How are we going to deal with that? Joseph was falsely accused. Remember, Joseph's master's wife accused him of forcing himself on her, and he was thrown in prison, not only falsely accused, but had to pay for it, what he didn't do. What kind of perspective can you have and move on in life being dealt that way. I know as personally speaking, don't usually talk about it, but since it's us girls in here, we can talk about it. <laughs> but when I was, when I was young, and uh, not that I'm old, let's keep that clear. <laughs> but I was asked at a church to become a deacon, and when I was asked, I was young, I don't know how old, maybe in my early 30s, and uh, some people had a problem with that. So they tried to pitch a fit, and then things kind of died down a bit, and then they asked me, the church asked me to be on the board, and um, it hit the fan again by the same people. And um, I was standing in the hallway one day, and a pastor, one of the pastors came up and handed me an envelope. And I said, hey, what's this? And he said, I want you to read it, and I want you to respond to it. 
And um, I said, okay. So I took it home and read it. And in this letter, there was 21 lies about me. And I was asked to respond to it. So I started um, getting evidence rather than just rattling off and typing a letter. I thought, you know what, I'll just get evidence that proves that they're wrong. So I did and uh, gave them a packet of about 21 pages. Maybe it was one for each lie. I don't, I don't remember, honestly. Not because I'm getting old, but I just don't remember. <laughs> but uh, so then came the time for a hearing, which was surprising, and went to the hearing, and my accusers were there along with the pastoral staff. And uh, this meeting went on for hours. They said, and I said, and then I had evidence. And then they said, and then I said, and then I showed evidence. And this went on for hours. Finally, they said to me, they said, uh, okay, well, we've heard enough, and the pastoral staff will get together, and we'll decide. We'll make a decision. So I went out of the room, and weeks went by, and months went by, and I never heard anything. So I, the pastor that gave me the envelope, I saw him in the hallway, and I said, uh, hey, whatever happened with that situation? And he said, well, we're going to keep you, we're going to bring you on as a board, and uh, that's what we've decided. And I said, okay, so, so what's happening to the other people? Oh, nothing. I said, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So if those lies would have been true, you would have disciplined me in some way. And I would have accepted it and received it. But now for him and them to falsely accuse me, you're not going to do anything about it? No. So for the next several years, whenever I'd go to church, guess who I'd see first? Pull into the parking lot, guess who we would see first? Open the lobby door and guess who would be standing there first? Worshiping. This is worshiping, and they would be right there. This is where I learned to worship with my eyes closed. <laughs> I, I told you, it's just us girls. If you repeat that, I'll tell them that you got confused. That's what I'll tell them. But it was my process that I had to go through to overcome false accusations. He was blamed for something that he didn't do and punished for something that he didn't do. Joseph was forgotten about and overlooked in Genesis 40. Joseph interpreted dreams of the chief butler and the chief baker, and the chief butler got out and forgot about Joseph in prison. You ever been overlooked or forgotten? Not, not that you felt you were, you were, you were. You ever 
Oh, I shouldn't go there, but I will. You, you, ever, you ever walk into the church lobby and someone who has a problem with you just keeps looking straight ahead and overlooks you? Say, not in here. Oh, yeah? Overlook. The preparation is where it gets hard, where it gets challenging, where things seem, I'll get it out, where things seem to be unfair, where we can get discouraged. Let Let me read this to you in 2 Corinthians. We're pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed or broken. That's get back up. We're perplexed because we don't know why things are happening as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get back up again and keep going. That is the life of Jesus, that he might be made manifest In our bodies, in our bodies, our flesh. Yes, we live under constant danger to our lives because we serve the Lord. But this gives us constant opportunities to show forth the power of Jesus Christ. How do you look at things that happen to you? In spite of all of these trials that Joseph went through, jealousy, envy, abuse, rejection, being lied about, falsely accused, blamed for something that he didn't do and had to serve the sentence of it, forgotten about, overlooked. This is all preparation for the purpose God had for Joseph in what he wanted to be, God wanted him to be and to do. The title of my message today is Enduring the Process to Achieve His Purpose. Not your purpose. We're not here to just live a good life and do whatever we want to do, but endure the process to achieve His purpose. So today I want to talk with you about preparation. I know. That's not a feel-good word. I know. I realize it. I realize people don't want to admit or talk about the things, you know, that they're struggling with and that they wrestle with. And listen, listen. We wrestle with stuff all of our life. Not only different things, but some things we wrestle, we wrestle with our entire life. There are people who go to their grave with the same issue that they started with. God doesn't want us to do that. So let me put some things in perspective. First of all, you're not your own. If you've given your life to God, He owns you. Period. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. You didn't pay for it. He did with His blood. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, 
which belong to God. If you get this perspective right, you're headed in the right direction, that you're not your own. You're not your own. You're not your mom's, your dad's, your family. You're not the company, the place that you work for. No, you are God's if you've given your heart to Him and you belong to Him. Secondly, most of the time, God begins the preparation without advance notice. Rarely does God say, in seven months and 12 days, I'm planning to allow false accusation to come against you. Rarely. He didn't tell Joseph that on Tuesday afternoon, his brothers were going to capture him in a field and throw him in a pit. And this begins your process for you to have authority in Egypt. God didn't say that to him. The molding process begins without advance notice. However, we can trust God. When our world is shaking all around us, God can speak to us and even lead us in His perfect will. That's what we want. Our whole purpose in life is to be in the center of God's will and to do what He planned for us to do and not fall short in one area. Isaiah 55, For just as high as the heavens are, higher than the earth, so my ways are above your ways. In other words, you're not going to figure it all out. Ephesians 1 Verse 8, the end. For how well he understands us and knows what is best for us at all times. Even when you're rejected? Yes. That's what he said. So preparation starts without advance notice. I'm shocked that they said that. Yeah, right. You should be shocked. Well, God didn't tell me. Correct. Number three, Joseph's preparation included the touching of the thing that he loved the most. The coat of many colors that his father had given him, but it annoyed his brothers. The first thing, one of the first things that has to be dealt with in our lives is the priority of the things that we love. I, I told you this wasn't a popular word. I told you. Nobody wants to talk about this. Yes? I know you're saying, yeah, but God gave it to me. The Father gave it to me. Yeah, God gave it to you. But do you love that thing more than you love God? Good example of this is Abraham when God told him to sacrifice his son. This is a test. Understand something. God was asking him to murder his son. Abraham was being tested to see if he loved God more and obeyed God. Or he loved Isaac more and disobeyed God. 
This was part of Abraham's preparation. This was part of his process that he went through. Question, what is it in your life that you love more than God that's stopping you from becoming an instrument that he can use? Is it your family? No, my family is terrible. Is it your job or your career? Or your house? I got a house. Is it your wealth or money or things that you possess or your investments? Is it your gift that God gave you? Do you love that more than God Himself? One young person said this, or is it your image or reputation? Well, I gotta be known by da 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 da. Really? If it all gets taken away, will you still serve God? Psalm sixty six ten. For you, God, have tested and examined us. You have refined us as silver is purified in the fire. There is a process of refining that begins with the things that we love. Jeremiah 18 talks about the vessel that's being put on the potter's wheel and being molded and shaped and sometimes remolded. When we don't come out the way he wants it, he remolds us. Go ahead, say ouch. It's okay. We're being remolded and shaped so that we can be useful for the purpose that God has for us. Another thing that Joseph had to deal with in his preparation, it included God using people to test his sincerity. People. You know what I'm talking about. People. It's getting sticky. Joseph had great dreams from God, but when he told his brothers, they hated him. Genesis 37, 4. But when Joseph, when, uh, but when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than all the other brothers, they hated him, listen to this, and could not speak peacefully to him. In other words, they fought and argued and probably shouted at one another. I'm sure that Joseph loved his brothers. What a disappointment. Disappointment can come when we admire people too much and then we're let down. Psalm 118.8, it's better to trust God than to put your confidence in men. It is natural for us to look at at least one or two people so that we can trust them. But let me put it this way. Men fail. God never fails. Never. Another thing in Joseph's preparation included bringing him to the place of desperation. Nothing more that he could do and being totally reliant on God. You may be there today. You may be at the end of your rope today. Joseph's brothers threw him in the pit and left him there to die, helpless at the end of himself and nothing he could do but maybe pray. This is the place where we learn to really, really, really trust him.
when we come to the end of ourselves. And let me just put a caution in here. Be careful when you see people who are going through circumstances like this. Do not conclude that they are out of God's will. It may be, but not always. It could just be the process that God is taking them through, the preparation that God is leading them in to get them where he wants them to be. So what do we do when we're at the end of ourselves? Well, we examine ourselves. We're grown-ups, right? Kids went to kids' church, right? We're all grown-ups. We examine ourselves. We say, Lord, look inside of me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Test me. Try me. Well, I don't like that prayer. That's the prayer. You better pray. I know, for one, when I, growing up, reading the story about Joseph and he's in the pit, I never thought for one moment that he was out of God's will. Be careful. The principle given to us is that God tests our faith to the point of desperation to bring us to the place where he can trust us because we trust him. The old timers used to say, are you sold out to God? Do you really trust him fully? Because when you get there, he can trust you. He'll trust you. God will prove himself faithful through our desperation and our trying situations. Last point, Joseph's preparation included taking him to the point of no return. Joseph's brothers lifted him out of the pit, sold him to the Midianite traders that were passing through. The traders took him to Egypt, which was the place of no return. Luke 9.62, Jesus said, No man puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things he left behind. That man will not be fit for my kingdom or my purposes. Living Bible puts it this way. Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the, the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. To be used by God. To fulfill your purpose that he has laid out for you to accomplish the story of Joseph goes on and on I would encourage you to read it for yourself the traders sold him to Potiphar he was the captain of the palace guards and the chief executioner what a person to be sold to Genesis 39.2 says the Lord blessed Joseph and he succeeded in everything. Potiphar saw the Lord was on his life according to verse 3. Verse 4, Potiphar put Joseph in charge 
of the administration of his house and all his business affairs. Then he gave him complete administrative responsibilities for everything that he owned. But Joseph still had other issues. Like he was falsely accused again, went to prison. Remember, the chief jailer, even in prison, put him in charge of the entire prison. The chief baker and the butler had dreams. Joseph interpreted them. That's when he was forgotten about in prison. And Pharaoh had two dreams. And then the chief butler remembered Joseph being still in prison. And Pharaoh called for him and he interpreted his dreams. And that's when he appointed Joseph to be second in charge of all of Egypt. Genesis 41:38 says Pharaoh said for he is a man who obviously is filled with the spirit of God. What an incredible testimony. For someone to go through all of those things and then his testimony be that he's filled with the spirit of God. May that be said about you and me. And looking back over Joseph's life, we can see that God was with him. In Genesis 39, 2, And the Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, but he still had so many hardships and challenges to face. Let me conclude. How are we doing? We're doing. In conclusion, number one, God has a specific plan and purpose for each one of us. We're not to walk aimlessly in this life. We're not to be the little steel ball in the pinball machine that ricochets back and forth. Well, I'll try this. No, I don't like that. I'll go here. No, I'm going to get over here. I want to live on the north side. No, I want to live on the south side. I want to go to this church. I want to go there. Listen, guys, it, we're, we don't need to do that. Well, I can never get ahead. Well, no wonder you don't ever stay in one place long enough to get ahead. Was that flesh? Oh, flesh, 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 flesh. <laughs> Number two, God allows us to go through preparation to make us ready so he can fulfill his purpose inside of us. Number three, God places his hand on us and helps us through that preparation even if the preparation is without notice, advance notice. Even if we have to give up the thing that we love the most. Even if people are used to test our sincerity. Even if we're brought to the place of desperation where there's nothing more that we can do except God come through. Even when God takes us to the point of no return. Can I tell you, you're not supposed to go back to the way things were. You're not. You're supposed to have the right perspective. See it as a step. Everything you can in the process because you never know when you're going to need it. When we put our complete trust in him, then he knows that he can trust us 
for his purpose and his plan in our life. As Mick said, I was raised in Africa at 15 years of age. I got my license to drive. I've been through about six military coups before I was 18. I, my dad was sick, and I had to go and be a representative for the Bible school to attempt to get food for the Bible school. I used to have to go and meet with government officials at the age of 15 and present the Bible school in the need for bags of corn and rice when I was on vacation. I can remember driving to town many, many times early in the morning, wouldn't get back till late at night, asking God, what are you doing with me? I didn't understand it. You won't either. But I, I said to the Lord, I said, you know what? I'll learn everything that I can in this so that I can help somebody else later on. So that I can use the, my experience and the things that I've gone through to become a better person, stronger in God. I used to drive 250 miles to another country to buy gasoline, flour for our personal food. The stuff from the government stayed with the Bible school students. We had to drive to another country to buy gasoline, matches, sugar, all of that during those days. Say, well, America looks like it's headed in that direction. Maybe, I hope not. Hope not. But I can, I can remember just hours just driving, talking to God. What are you doing with me? What, what, what do you have for me? Just tell me. I'll just go do it. No, there's a process. Process. We don't understand it, but we can trust him. I can tell you from my little bit of experience, you can trust God. Period. I think that the best example of preparation for his purpose is actually Jesus Christ. Let me read this to you. Yet... While Christ was here on the earth, he pleaded with God, praying with tears and agony of soul to the only one who could save him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his strong desire to obey God at all times. And even though Jesus was the Son of God, he had to learn from experience what it was like to obey when obeying meant suffering. It was after he had proved himself perfect in this experience that Jesus became the giver of eternal salvation to all who obey him. 
focus your eyes on Jesus, the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him and endured the cross, disregarding the shame. You see, God had a plan even for Jesus coming to this earth. Jesus had to trust God, his Father. He needed to obey his Father, even when it meant suffering and dying on the cross. And Jesus proved himself perfect, being obedient and dying for you and for me. And Jesus fulfilled his purpose by becoming the giver of eternal salvation to all that believe in him and all that obey him. Hebrews 12, 3, carefully consider and think about the one who endured such opposition for sinners so that you won't be discouraged and so that you won't give up and get weary and lose heart. What a challenge. What a challenge before us in our lives that we live for God. It is a challenge. It is difficult. I'm not saying that it's easy. But how are you doing enduring the process so that you can achieve his purpose? Stand with me. Father, I've delivered what I believe wholeheartedly you have given me for today. I believe that what the young people said goes along exactly with this message. wasn't planned. We never got together and brainstormed what they were going to say and what I was going to say. I simply just wanted to repeat what you said. And I pray for every individual in the room and watching over the internet. We're all in a process because we're being prepared and made into the image of Christ so that you can use us as you see fit. God, sometimes that preparation is difficult. Sometimes sickness comes. And I thank you for people like Kay who overcomes cancer. Been dealing with it for a while, but she's enduring that process. And I believe that you're going to use her to be a witness for your kingdom in the days to come. It's not easy. But it's part of it. And we're all, we all face challenges. No one is exempt. And if you are today, it won't be long. You'll be in the mix with us. But God, I just ask for your help. I pray that our perspective will be such that we're being changed into your image, more Christ-like, where we can become more effective for your kingdom. I pray for those maybe today that are discouraged. You feel like everything is on top of your head. 
and it's holding you. You feel like you're underwater and can't breathe. God, I ask for your help for them today. I ask you to lift them up today. Let your encouragement come. Maybe use someone here in this church to give a word of encouragement to them. God, help us that we may endure, we may prepare ourselves so that we can be used completely by you. Pray that we think about these words that have been spoken today throughout this week. Challenge us. Stir our hearts. Holy Spirit, add to where I didn't cover it. Highlight. Let let us see ourselves in your perfect plan. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Amen.